everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Um, as you can tell by the fact that it's me kicking off the intro, Aid has bailed on me this week. He is, I don't think he's actually off on his travels yet, but he's going to be busy packing his fancy bags and getting his Nikons shoved in whatever fancy hole they have to go in and just, you know, getting his new shoes on, all of this fun stuff. Uh, and Rachel, I'm not sure where Rachel is this week. Um, she, she booked in some holiday from the podcast and we've allowed her to, you know, just leave me in the lurch but Aid assured me that he'd get someone to keep me company and co-host the show this week um i don't know who it is yet i'm very excited i hope it's going to be somebody really awesome let me just open up the phone line hello who's there it's a trap oh no it's em is that you hello oh hello it's me (laughs) aid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look, we'll, we'll be okay if you just stop the hubris about the the cheap shots challenge look let's we'll just be not, fine let's just Don't not worry. talk about the cheap shots challenge you were clearly very very drunk at the time um i <laughs> accept your apology let's move on from that um it's great Excellent. to have you with us this week em. um you're you're the perfect man to talk to at this juncture in time with so much fun stuff going on and with the festive season upon us. Today, it's, this is, well, I mean, it's not Halloween this week, but it's Halloween next week and next week's show will be out after Halloween. So this is going to be our spooky show. Um, I don't know what we're going to do to make it spooky. Probably this will, because I've got to edit this damn thing as well. So it'll probably be me putting in some spooky sounds throughout the show. So look forward to that, people. But the first thing, I think, well, I mean, first of all, how are you? How the devil are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Bit, bit under the cosh, um, bit tired, bit sleepy. Um, but uh, all of that considered, I'm, I'm yeah, still quite enthused, even if your spooky sound effects have got a, they're leaving a little bit to be desired. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to the weekend. And yes, I know it's only Tuesday when we're recording this. <laughs> So, listeners, look at it this way. You know, it might be maybe not the ideal um, pressy to all to hear that M is tired and weary and looking forward to the weekend, but at least it might go some way towards quelling his verbal diarrhea. So, this show might not be five hours long. So, you know, <coughs> every cloud has a silver lining. Um, <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> The first thing we want to talk about is Silbera film. Am I saying that right, Em? Yes, yes, Silbera. Silbera film, because you have been involved with these guys. We were talking about this, Aid and I, just last week, and um, we were very excited about it, but we did not know a great deal about it. And it turns out, in a stroke of incredible good luck, um, if unsurprising good luck, that you actually do know rather a lot about it. So fill us in on what those guys are up to. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> I'll give you the I'll give you the short version, I guess. I mean, these are um, it's a company run by uh, two guys, Konstantin and Vladimir. They're based in St. Petersburg in Russia. And for the last probably eight years, um, they've been involved in creating and supplying products for the film photography community in Russia. Um, so that's developers, it's stop bars, fixers, it's everything that you could associate chemically with film um, is, is what these guys uh, have been doing. The market's quite different over there to, to, to what you might expect. 
in, in the UK, in Europe or, or, or in the US. Um, but these guys are now in a position where, well, beginning of this year, they created the Silbera brand um, really as a way to bring, I think we're looking at seven new film types, uh, sorry, four new film types to market uh, within which there's going to be actually uh, seven new film stocks. So, yeah, they've been they've been really busy over the last few months, just getting samples of the films out, getting them into the hands of people, getting examples back, and actually just just preparing this campaign alongside with all of their R and D and you know all of the other stuff that that you have to do. So, um, I well, as I as I literally found out whilst we were doing the show last week, I've seen some of the sh- photos that they've been sharing on Twitter primarily, um, mm. also on Instagram. Um, so are all of these films that are coming out newly developed films um, or are some of them existing films that are um, rebrands? Uh, and what, what stage are they all at? Because it seems like the pan films are further along the development road mm-hmm. than the author films are. Right, yeah. So, <clears throat> okay, uh, what's the best way to describe this? So... Essentially, the, the the two the Kickstarter is going to be out on Wednesday, so hopefully all of this will be kind of supported by the sorry, not Kickstarter, Indiegogo. So their crowdfunding campaign is going to be supporting all of this. But essentially, there's two film stocks which are um, pretty much ready for release. So we've got Pan, so Silvera Pan, which is uh, fifty, one hundred, one sixty, and a limited edition two hundred ISO. Uh, flavor flavors um, these are modified agfa stocks so they're agfa stocks that were primarily well, uh, initially only available for the um, kind of non-consumer so i.e the, the commercial market their traffic surveillance uh, film stocks um, and these stocks have been modified essentially to lower contrast bump the accutants um, and to 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 kind of retain the AGFA infrared sensitivity. So, um, yeah, the pan is essentially a rebrand reformulation of an existing uh, AGFA film stock, whereas the AUTA, so they're, they're autochromatic films, are essentially um, built from scratch. They're completely brand new films designed by, um, by Konstantin and Vladimir. So the... As far as PAN goes, that's essentially subject to to funding, sub- subject to finance. That's pretty much ready for for, for mass production and for for shipping. Um, Auto needs some coating finalised. Uh, once the coatings have actually, once the material's been produced, you know, the actual film stuff itself, that that's then going to be chopped down, packaged, and then <clears throat> that will be ready for mass market production very soon after. That's really exciting. Um, I mean, because the thing that I suppose mm. confuses me is that with stuff like you're saying about the the Agfa stuff, right, this is obviously stuff that is an extant line that's still being made. Is Agfa or is a company that's making films that are branded Agfa that they're still obviously producing films in Russia? I assume. Um, well, no, actually, the only people producing films in Russia at the moment are Tasma. And that's that their films are essentially 
Um, they're purely for commercial purposes. So th there are there are ways and means to purchase Tasma film, uh, you know, bulk loaded into 35 mil cassettes um, and then sold as such. Um, however, the that's done by intermediaries by third parties who who facilitate that process. The the Agfa film is essentially a film made by Agfa the company um, and then uh, imported from the EU. <clears throat> so essentially, you've got um, you know the, the process goes along the lines of I I, I want to make some film. You know, I, <laughs> I can take an existing film stock and I can just have you guys produce that. I can take an existing film stock, tweak it to my needs and then have that produced, or I can give you a recipe and you guys can help me make it. So let's say those are the three options that are available to anybody who wants to get Agfa to produce film from them. The Silbera guys with Pan um, have gone the middle route. So essentially they're purchasing a film stock that has been modified uh, for use in still photography and it's not something that that you would have shot before ever yeah i suppose the thing that's blowing my mind yeah. is the fact that there's still that there is still commercial use for film um beyond obviously movie yeah. making um it, there, there's there's loads of it that there's i mean medical's a really good example you know whilst you've got uh um digital x-rays and 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 um you know the ability to uh, produce uh printouts from x-rays or or ct or mri or whatever um you know print them out on a on a piece of paper via a printer um the amount of doctors dentists and other medical practitioners actually using physical x-ray film um is is still pretty high and people like uh um tasma people like shanghai who, who are still producing film people like lucky who are still producing film a lot of their their film manufacture is done for <clears throat> the medical industry as well as the commercial surveillance industry or elements of the commercial surveillance industry that rely on film products not not everything's been digitized oh well that's really cool i i to be honest i just assumed especially with the um, surveillance stuff that that had all gone digital you are the perfect person yeah. to answer the next question that i have because aid and i were don't, don't have a clue can you explain to me and to anybody else who's as dumb as me what is the difference between pan, panchromatic, and orthochromatic films, please, Bob? Okay, cool. So, um, if you look at the the, the history of film, um, essentially you can look at also being the simplest to produce, and you've got pan being the most difficult. So, um, orthochromatic film is essentially um, it's a photo. Well, orthochromatic film is film that doesn't see red so it's blind to the to the red part of the spectrum which means that you can use <laughs> yes <laughs> if 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 that if that helps then yeah yeah no by all means so it means that you can <clears throat> you can develop film in a dark room with a safe light um you can load film in a dark room with with a with a red safe light as well um from from orthochromatic to pan there's another step in the middle which is called isochromatic which is um film which is essentially blind to yellow and that that's not something it's a it's an intermediary step it's not something that's really um 
it's not it's not really a medium that's particularly popular or, or particularly talked about now um but then the next step from from isochromatic in terms of development over over the years is then a a panchromatic film i.e a film that covers the entirety um of the of the light spectrum awesome great that is a concise and simple answer to a question that i really probably should have known the answer to already um so ah, it's all right well this this kind of if i can butt in because you asked me about um about silvera's films that they have available now and then the films that they're looking at producing as part of this campaign um so essentially pan and author uh, pan and author uh, as they are now are essentially the beginnings of what they're what they're hoping to do so the next step um after the orthochromatic film is out is actually to to produce uh, silvera ic which is a an isochromatic film um and again it's it's taking lessons learned from the orthochromatic it's making changes to the emulsion to the substrates to the emulsive layers to the um to the actual coating mechanism and then essentially producing an isochromatic film and then their third step which they're they're actually doing in unison with the iso stuff is to develop what they're currently calling pan 2 so pan 2 is is a replacement for but not but you could say a replacement it's an addition to their to the pan series they're releasing now the difference being is as opposed to pan 2 being made by agfa it's going to be their own panchromatic stock so essentially you've got two guys in russia with their with their their small R and D and small kind of technical advisory team who are going through the the steps of building ortho iso and panchromatic films from scratch by themselves. It is mental. It's absolutely insane if you th- if you if you think about the undertaking. Yeah. Um. I think I it's, it's I think it's fantastic. I want to come back to that point in just a second, but I just have one last question on this before I before we move on. I get more confused. So. Other black and white films like T Max and HP Five are they all basically just panchromatic films? Um, nowadays, unless a film specifically says that it's ortho, um, it will be a panchromatic film. Okay, that's right. Um, just, so you've got yeah, because obviously Ilford have their films that are branded Ilford Pan F, and it's like oh well, okay, yeah, if the, uh, okay, but they are all basically panchromatic. Films. Okay, cool. Um, so right, so this, what they're doing, given what we got to learn about how difficult it is to produce film, I mean, we spoke to Dave Bias way back in February, I think it was, about how things are going over at Ferrania. Yeah. Um, and unsurprisingly, it is no mean feat to get an emotion on a film. It requires a lot of equipment. It requires a lot of um, expertise and uh, a lot of frustration how on earth are they doing it? How is this even a thing that is possible? It, it, it's really interesting. I think um, <clears throat> the the thing with Ferrania is that they're they're not ramping up their production or the size of their production facilities. So Ferrania essentially have to restart a factory, um, whereas the Silbera guys. Have, are starting a small scale production. So they're, but Ferrania, uh, sorry, not Ferrania, the Silbera guys are starting a small scale production. So they, they have access to people who are already producing, um, holographic films and orthographic films. And essentially they're, they're, they're 
relying on the expertise and infrastructure of these guys to help them um, with the, the the coatings and the production of the of the author of the author film specifically. I mean, the, the, probably the best analogy is if I give you a set of keys. Um, well, if I gave you and Aid a set of keys each, one of those is for a 747 and one of those is for a Cessna, who's going to manage to, to start the plane first? Um, Whichever one you give to me, obviously, Aid's a dumb dumb. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> but, you know, so with, with Ferrania, you know, you've got the... You've essentially got the <clears throat> uh, rebuild, potential refurb, recalibration of, of huge machinery capable of immense volumes. Um as part of a project where they're they're essentially trying to build the 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 the, the newest sustainable film manufacturing facility in the world, um, so that that's Ferrania. On the other hand, you've got these guys who are used to working in relatively small volumes, um, who on the one hand can can buy buy material for one film and and package it and get that out the door, and on the other hand they can produce the material for another film package it and get out the door but they can make they can do that production at a at a scale that is that is much smaller than let's say Ferrania or Agfa or Kodak or Harman or, or any of the other guys I think as, as, as far as the the Kickstarter camp oh, sorry, I keep calling it Kickstarter as far as the Indiegogo campaign for Silbera goes one of the goals well one of the internal goals that they're that they're hoping to support through the campaign is the production of the initial um, material set for auto, which is quite small. Um, it's around about three square kilometers of film. That's, that, that's quite small, that, is it? Oh, crumbs. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I've tried, I've failed. It's not going to work. Trust me. I mean, that in, in, in terms of, in terms of going out to other organizations that specialize in, in producing film or, you know, producing finished emulsions, actually three square kilometers is, um, is quite small. Nice. God, can you imagine the camera you'd need if that was just one sheet? That'd be epic. Um, <laughs> so, okay, that's a good pivot point. So, the Indiegogo campaign, um, I'm guessing the reason they're using Indiegogo, um, well, there's probably more than one reason. <laughs> I'm not sure how favourable Kickstarter is towards um, Russian Kickstarters. Probably not great, as they took a while before they do anything other than US ones. But also Indiegogo, um, you can have different kinds of campaigns, um, and they're not always the kind of campaign where if you don't get full backing, you get the money. I don't know um, whether that's also part of the reason. Um Regardless, when you're doing a campaign, it usually needs to be quite at least a focused message. It's not just, well, just support this thing, it's going to be cool. What is the Indiegogo campaign from Silbera Film going to be focused on? It, it's going to be, you could say it's focused on, there's, there's two elements to it. <clears throat> so the first element is essentially providing them with the money that they need to finish producing the pan and the auto series and by finishing i mean finishing the film as in getting it bulk loaded and getting it out there um so on on the one hand you've got the campaign funding the the production of film that's already been out there and being shot by people for the last three or four months the the other part of the campaign is essentially going to be um helping them uh, continue the development of the ISO and the panchromatic uh, films that they've currently got in in R and D. 
Okay, that's very cool. I mean, I, I yeah. hate asking this because it it was never how these crowdfunding websites were conceived, but it is the way that they've gone. Is it going to be a bit of a case like with Ferrania where people can pledge and then get film when it's released? Or or is it at this point more a case of, no, look, if you want this to happen, please just donate some money? No, they're, they're, they're very, they're very, you know, uh, I, I love the Ferrania guys. I love what they're trying to do. I love the passion behind it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's no secret that, that their Kickstarter campaign from 2014 is, is a bit of a frustration to, to many backers. And <clears throat> the guys at Silvera, they're, they're, they've been going to pains to kind of make it be known that, they, they don't want people to wait for months and years before they receive their films. And um, they're essentially ready to just get the stuff loaded in, in, in larger quantities and get it out the door. So as far as the, the pan film goes and the auto film goes, which are obviously going to be the focus of the, of the, the campaign, the idea is essentially you back it, <clears throat> you purchase x number of films if you want to make a donation then fine make a donation but when 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 the campaign is over when it's been funded either either fully or or or, or partially it's a case of then taking that money and then using that just to make this film that's it cool i think the the, the frustration from their side is you know they've got um well, actually, they they have five, but they're shipping four versions of, of of the pan stock. They've got their own developers. They've got which actually you can use for non Silbera film as well. They're they're kind of universally compatible one shot and, and multi use developers. So they, they they've got all of this stuff is there. What they're lacking is the the cash, if you will, to um to produce in volumes that would make the business sustainable. Yeah. I mean, th- these guys at the same time as doing this, you know, they're, they're also, um, you know, they're, they're managing current ongoing businesses. What, one of which is a photography school, um, as well. So, oh, awesome. you know, they, these guys are kind of knees, knees deep in photography and film. Um, you know, 26 hours of a 24 hour day is, is mad. That's very cool. Um, it would be crazy for me not to ask you, somebody who on your website uh, does a lot of work um, testing out and, and trying out all of these new films. You've got a lot of really good articles on the not small number of new films we've had over the last 12 months. Um, have you had a chance to try out some of this Silbera film? I have. I have. I, I've also had a chance to screw up development as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good. You always want to get that opportunity. Uh, no, I did. I, I I developed a roll of their their Pan 160 that I I thought I'd shot a couple of weeks ago, um, and ended up developing a blank roll of film. But, oh, but, well, there you go. Minimalism. Yeah. So, how but no, have I've, you found I've, the film? I've, I've developed, yeah. Well, uh, so far I've developed. Um, uh, the 200, I'm, I'm just going to be doing the 50, well, a roll of the 50 and a roll of the 80, um, later on today. The, the 200, it's, it's, it's really nice. It's, um, quite fine grained. You can tell that there's, there's a whole bunch of contrast kind of waiting in the wings if you want it. Half of my first roll was shot with an orange filter, half was shot without. Um, I used the, um, Silbera, I'm going to get the name wrong, Acrosol. 
um, developer to do it just to see what it would be like in its native mm-hmm. chems. And I, I, I really like it. I mean, I shot for, um, for texture and for tone and I, I shot it in a, in a strange royal graveyard slash mausoleum thing in, in Okinawa, um, a few weeks ago. And well, you can check it out on the website if you, if you search for Silbera, um, on Emulsive. Um, you'll see the examples that are on there and it's, it's, it's really nice stuff. It's really, really nice stuff. The way it renders wood and stone is just, is, is, is wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to try the pan 100 or try developing a roll a bit later on this week. I've got, got an empty roll here in my hand. Look, there you go. It That's sounds the sound empty. of it there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> As I mentioned just a second ago, you have tried out I think probably all of the new films, including stuff from Lucky and what have you that's come back. Mm. We have been exceptionally lucky this year. Oh, oh, there you go, pun. Um, yeah, nice uh, one. <laughs> it, was, it was fun, wasn't it? Let's all bask in that for a second. Okay, that's long <laughs> enough. Um, we've had several new pan films this year. Um, and as a consumer, and as a consumer who doesn't shoot much at all um, because I just don't have any time how it, it, it's insane to say this but it's getting to the point where the choice even of just the new films is becoming a little bit overwhelming I don't know which one to try out do I want to try out the new Ferrania film or the Burger film or the Silbera film or the Japan Camera Hunter film um, Can you have you got any advice on that or is it just a case of well look they've all got their own tweaks and bits and you'll just find your own one and are they sounds awful to say are they all much of a muchness i i think um i think having suffered a drought uh as a famine as far as as far as new film stocks go for the best part of the last decade um i think 2017 yeah you're right i mean it's been it's been exceptional um, in terms of announcement and release. And if you look at just black and white films alone, yeah, we've got, you know, we've got Silbera, which is, is going to be shipped towards the end of this year. You've got Ferrania, which already went out as a limited, you know, um, uh, pre-order release. We've got, uh, um, Bellamy's Street Pan 400 in, in 120. We've got Lucky. We've got the Cosmo film. You know, there's, there's so much out there. I, I would, I would say for, for anybody confused as to whether or not they should try these films, the answer is yes. And in terms of which ones they should try, well, it's, if you're shooting black and white film already, then why not pick one that is roughly at the same speed as your current favorite film? If you currently happen to favor, I don't know, Delta 100 or Acros or T-Max 100, then go and pick up a roll of the of, of the lucky in 35 mil. If you're shooting T Max 400, if you're shooting Delta 400 HV5, then go and grab a roll of JCH Street Pan. And 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 the same goes with Burger as well. And just see what you think. You know, each each film does have its own kind of pro- special properties and characteristics. You know, the Street Pan is these unexpected in 120. It's got these unexpectedly beautiful kind of midtones it does this really lovely thing with the most tedious of subjects because the, the way it just represents light and tone is is just creamy it's, it's brilliant pancro's a bit less contrast it's um it's it's a really really flexible film and you can go ahead and shoot that at 
200 or, 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 or 800 and it, it won't really mind too much. Um, Lucky is only available in 35 millimeter. It's only available through a few um, suppliers. If you go direct, you've got to buy 10 rolls. So, you know, maybe that's something that, that people don't, you know, won't really get involved with until it's got a better kind of distribution circle. And I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think that anybody who got their five rolls of, uh, of Ferrania um, P30, I, I'd be hard pressed to think of any of those guys actually giving them up. So I wouldn't worry about shooting that for a while. <laughs> it, it's all supremely heartening. Um, and yeah, I, 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 your website actually is probably the best resource to go to and see the articles that primarily you have put together exhaustively investigating these films as they come, um, as they come to market, become available to test out. There's wonderful pictures and lots of detailed information about them. Um, so I recommend anybody there goes there and checks that out. Um, the last question I want to ask before we move on from this Silbera film stuff kind of relates to what you were just saying about the Lucky film. Do Silbera mm. have a strategy ahead of them for <clears throat> making their film available places other than Russia? Because that seems quite important long term. Well, actually, this is the... This is the I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about that. Um, getting the film out of Russia is not a problem. Um, the photographers who've been shooting the film at the moment are based in in the US, in the Far East, in in London. I believe there are a couple of guys in 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 Ireland shooting the stuff as well. I mean, there, there's a, a photographer on on Instagram, uh, Jammy underscore York, so J A M M I underscore York. Um, he's got a wonderful series that he shot on their Pan 200, and that's you know. Um, Elijah Wood and you've got, oh God, I forget his name. Basically, you've got, you know, a whole, a whole, a whole bunch of celebs that, 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 uh, that Jamie's shooting as part of, as part of a, a, a project of, of, of his own. So I think getting the stuff to different locations isn't going to be a problem. And, and obviously supporting the, the crowdfunding campaign, <clears throat> you know, with a reward for or a pledge for film is going to mean that you get that film regardless of whether you're in, I don't know, Tamworth or, or Timbuktu. As, as far as the, the distribution side of things goes, after the, the production has been supported and, and they're ready to essentially um, do a, a general release, yeah, I mean, they, these guys are going to be selling and shipping the film worldwide. I think what you'll find as well is that once the film is being produced in quantities where it has satisfied those kind of um, crowdfunding backers. Um, I think you'll find the Silbera guys are, are, are going to be talking to or finalizing conversations with um, people in Europe and in other parts of the world to actually help with that distribution process. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if the campaign was funded were the backers were were essentially provided with their rewards um and and they didn't have a a, a distribution system in place i'd be very surprised if that happened because all of the conversations that i've had with with constantin and vladimir to date have been um more on the okay well this is what we want to do this is how we want to do it we understand that distributing everything from a central source is going to be ideal in the initial kind of uh, 
kind of phases of the campaign, but we need to get these distribution partners out there so that we can make sure that when someone orders their film, they're not waiting for, you know, a week, 10 days to receive it. You're in the US, just buy it from a US distie, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the key thing. With with all these things, you just want them to be as readily available as possible um, and ideally all in one place. Yeah. You go, I want to roll this, I want to roll that, I want to roll that. This is all very cool. I'm not going to ask you to pick your favourite <coughs> of this year's batch of new films because I know that, well, you've won, you just won't, and it'll be unfair. I am going to ask you, though, do you have a favourite box <laughs> art from this year? Because we've had some pretty great box art across the board uh, this year between um, Cosmo Photo, Silbera, Burger... Verania, JCH, which one's got your favorite packaging? You you have to make a choice. All right. If I was judging a book by its cover and I wasn't worried about being disappointed, um, I, I'd have to go for that that ridiculously gaudy Rolet Variochrome. It's just <laughs> yes. a bit old with all colored marks. It's just, it's ridiculous ridiculous um but it's it's pretty fun and i think that's 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 half of the film's charm it's certainly slightly different when you actually get the stuff developed but you know that that's a, <clears throat> that's uh, okay. a well that's a conversation for another day i think and that's what I, <laughs> for me i'm gonna say i do like i really do like that i've forgotten about that one um that's awesome uh, i do really like the cosmo photo and also i really like ferrania I really like Ferrania's box art. Very nice. I mean, the others are very classy, like but yeah, I think that... Ferrania and Cosmo just really knocked out the park. Yeah, the, the Ferrania one's great. It's essentially it's a, a, a monochrome variation of the original Ferrania P30 film from from way, way, way back in the day. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, I really like it. Very cool. As would be expected by Dave Bias and his... Uh, artistic background so. um we're going to take yes. a quick break and we will be back afterwards with christmasy news and news of an early christmas present from i'm gonna to have to say fujifilm because I'm, I'm editing it this <coughs> one i don't want to cross out swears i'm back in a minute Maybe all spooky and ghostly, but guys, Christmas is coming and the geese are getting fat and probably worried. Um, and it wouldn't be Christmas without Secret Santa on the doorstep. Um, where are we at with Secret Santa? How's it all going? Do, do, do I need to do a ho, ho, ho or something? Uh, yeah, I now. think it would be nice if you could. Didn't you say that in the break? Yeah. Uh, I, no, go on. You're, you're, you're the sound effects guy. Go on, do it. Secret Santa 2017. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho! That sounds just Wonderful. like a real Santa. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, yes, I've met him a few times. He says you're always on the naughty list, but um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, Secret Santa is is Santaing its way to the uh, to the um, close date for registrations, which is going to be in mid-November. So uh, as of, I guess, Sunday, um, just gone, uh, we actually surpassed the um, number of players that we had for last year. So awesome. congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, so we've got um, 479 
people on at the moment. I haven't counted the countries yet, but I think we're still on 43, maybe 44 countries um, for for the event. I've got another update to do because we've got another sponsor come on board as well. So I need to uh, I need to formally announce that particular sponsor. But I will say cryptically that it's two out of three. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the third one on for my uh, um, my little triple this year not something i managed to do last year but i'll i'll, I'll update that in a, in a in a in another article at some point over the next week or so well i mean if it's gonna remember this podcast doesn't come out till thursday <clears> i mean you sure you don't just want to announce it now because you know you'll probably yeah, have the article fine. by thursday come on <laughs> come on cool. um yeah so it's uh it's kodak alaris so we've now got go kodak go kodak go 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 kodak <laughs> That's awesome. Can you explain? <laughs> um, I, I, I am absolutely going to sign up for the Secret Santa. I just haven't done it yet because I'm disorganized. Um, the catchphrase of me. Um, can you explain to somebody who doesn't understand what are these sponsors? How does it work? Who's on board so far? Like we just, just announced Kodak, which is fantastic that Kodak Alaris are on board. Who else has already announced they're involved? And what does their involvement mean to the Secret Santa? All right. So um, for, for for the last, well, the way that we did it in year one <clears throat> was uh, the sponsors are essentially they're in a separate pool. So everybody who's in the game just gets gets matched with somebody else. So let's say if it was you, Aiden, uh, myself playing in, in Secret Santa, there's only three of us. So you would get matched with me. Let's say I would get matched with Aid. Aid gets matched with you. So you send a gift to me, I send one to Aid, Aid sends one to you. So it's kind of like pass the parcel, but you stop and everyone's got a parcel. There you go. Um, the, the sponsors were in their own pool, meaning that, um, once the matches for the individual players were done, um, we would then have a separate, uh, draw to match the sponsor gifts with, um, with one of, you know, it was one of well, with many as many of the players in the pool as there were sponsors. Um, so that's that's the way that it happened in year one. Year two, which was last year, um, same thing with a bit of a twist. Instead of matching um, each sponsor's gift to a different player, um, we had we essentially the person who got matched with me um, got one gift from every single sponsor. And if I remember the, 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 the chap who matched me at one point, I mean, he had a picture of him with, you know, boxes, boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff behind him. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. Your Christmas think, gift may vary. We should put that out there. Uh, in, indeed. But um, I think what, what we're going to do with, um, with this year's Secret Santa is have each of the sponsors' gifts just be matched randomly um, with 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 any of the, the the players in the pool, so there's 13 sponsors, and so far all of those, each of those sponsors um, are going to be providing three, let, let's call them goodie bags, essentially. Um, so you've got what uh, 30? What's what's 13 times three? You've got 39 um, uh, gifts essentially that are going to be matched amongst the the 400. 80 ish current participants. Mm -hmm. So everyone, everyone gets their own match. So they, so they send and receive a gift to a member of the community. But on top of that, um, 
each of those players will also be put into a separate draw to be matched with one of the sponsors. And <clears throat> obviously, when when you know when when those matches happen, uh, we might have to notify a few people. But but I try and keep it under keep it under my hat so that it, it turns out to be a surprise. Keep it under your Santa hat. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Well, feeble. Um, that's very good. Have you got a list in front? Can you run down the sponsors you've got so far this year? Give them a shout. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, um, yeah, we've got Carmen Sita Lab. Uh, we've got uh, Double, Where which in the world is, uh, is Carmen Sita. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I do this Carmen Sita. Only. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carmen Sita are obvious to anybody who knows anything about the name based in Europe. Yeah, so you've got Carmen Carmen Sita uh, in Spain. We've got uh, Double, um, which is uh, a new. Um, well, it's a new, as yet unannounced physical film product. And that's what I'm going to say. Hey guys, new film product coming out uh, called Bubble, <laughs> unannounced. We just announced called, it. Called Double, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they've had an app. They've had an app for a while now. It's been purely digital, but um, the decision has been made to to jump to actually providing a, a real film product for it, and that that I believe is going to be announced over the next over the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, we've got, we've got Eastman Kodak, as in the big the big Kodak. The big Kodak. There you go. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> they're they're back on this year. I think um, I'm hoping that there's going to be more chocolate cameras being sent by them, but we'll see. Um, we've obviously got the wonderful guys over at Ilford. Hello, Ilford, um, who are back in for the uh, for the third year in a row. Um, we've got Kodak Alaris, um, who are going to be uh, gifting some, just a sampler of some some Alaris, so some Kodak Pro Film, Portra, Tri-X, T-Max, Ektar, stuff like that. Uh, Film Ferrania, <clears throat> we've got uh, Bellamy over at Japan Camera Hunter. Cosmo Photo with, uh, uh, with Stephen Dowling. We've got Parallax Co-op, who are in London. Uh, Silbera, obviously, the wonderful Mike Padua, who I'm, who I know you know, um, oh, who's yeah, going to be Mike. Hopefully, going to have Mike back on very soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he started this whole pinet business. I don't, I don't really understand why his lawsuit with Pinterest hasn't gone any further, but that's a different. <laughs> and and it may be a lie as well, so just ignore me. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, Solar Can, which um, I think I, I spoke about well months ago when we were talking about the. Um, Solography and the summer film party and all of that stuff. Yes, uh, that's, that's Sam Cornwell. He he did those empty beer cans, kind of essentially ready-made sol- solography cameras. Um, and we've got the guys uh, who run Ultrafine uh, over in the US. They're on as well. And that, awesome. that's that. That's all I can announce for the moment. A great selection of wonderful sponsors. <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody uh, that lot for getting involved. It's really cool. A very cool bunch. Um, so there's still a bit of time for people to sign up and get involved. And once they've yeah, done yeah. that... Yeah, um, you can go... Um, well, you, you, uh, there's time from now until essentially uh, mid-November. So registration is going to is going to close around about the 19th of November. So- um, yeah, once once people are signed up, essentially it's, it's going to be 
a waiting game <clears throat> until the actual draw date, which is going to be happening around about the, the 20th of November. And at that point, everybody receives an email to say, this is who you've been drawn with. This is their, you know, their address. This is their, their wish list. Um, and, you know, it's so at that point, everyone just jumps into action, prepping, preparing, packaging, and then shipping their gift off. The idea being, because we're starting it a, a, a week early this year, is that hopefully that's going to give enough time for, you know, 90% of the gifts <clears throat> to be on doorstops, you know, in, 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 in post boxes ready for December 25th. And yeah. hopefully, Everyone, because we're, we're we're mostly adults here, but everyone is going to exercise a bit of restraint, not open the gift until Christmas Day, and then on Christmas Day we just go mad, just posting pictures of the gifts. That sounds really wonderful, um, and I, I guess everyone should just go to emulsive.org. It's very clearly an easy found there, isn't it? That's probably the easiest place to go, isn't it? Em? Yeah, there's there's a big there's a big old banner um, on the top of the website now that you can click <clears throat> to go straight to the uh, uh, straight to the, the the current main Santa article. But if you're on if you're on Twitter, it's also the pinned uh, the pinned post uh, on Twitter. I'll probably do the same on Facebook as well. So um, yeah, but the the website's probably the easiest way to get to it because it's kind of front and center, literally. So there you go. Anybody listening to this get on over there get involved uh, as long as you're a good person you're actually going to make sure you get out and and um do your part of it but why wouldn't you it sounds so much fun um and it's just a nice thing to do at this time of year reach out and get in touch with other parts of the film community um there was one noticeable absence from that list of sponsors. Uh, we we talked about Kodak and we talked about Ilford. When you said the big three, I'm guessing the one that's missing is our friend at Fuck Yuji Film. Um, I, yeah, I'll edit it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but in a dramatic break, well, actually, it's not a dramatic break, but with at least a slightly more positive break with tradition from what we had last week, um, we've got some an early Christmas present from them this week. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about what it is, Em? Because you've seen this and I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't it wasn't Fuji. When I was talking about the big three, I meant the three Kodaks. Oh, there, there are three Kodaks. Well, yeah, you've got Eastman, Alaris, and Motion. Oh, I didn't know there was a third one. Okay, well, okay, well, anyway, it's still nice to have an opportunity to insult uh, Fuji Film. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think I think you, I, you you took advantage of it expertly. That was a fantastic lead-in. There, there's got to be some kind of. Um, award there right you know you, you guys can do it as part of your sunny's best segue yeah thanks that'd be great if i win that that'd be great rub it in yeah. m's, uh, m's face aids face for yeah. you know cheating me out with that. anyway let's move on um yeah, yeah. what, what right. food yes. film done this week Instacks. um they have uh released without formally well they've they've <clears throat> unofficially released without officially um What's the word? Announcing um, Instax Wide Monochrome. I had a, a a pack of the stuff in my grubby little mitts um, just a few days ago on on Sunday. I I I, I had a chat. I popped down, met some people, and, and had a chat to some folks who'd been paid a visit by uh, by their Fuji rep, and they were in proud possession of a, a box of um, Instax Wide Monochrome. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it just it just looks like a bigger version of 
mini monochrome. I don't have a camera to shoot it on. I can't tell you whether the whether the green, yellow, weird cast is gone. I would guess not. Um, if I remember, the color Instax wide emulsion is slightly lower resolution than the mini. Um, but I don't know whether they've whether they've just used the you know the Instax mini emulsion just rolled it off on on you know in a bigger format so um but it's here it's it's working out to around about um uh we we're looking at about 12 12 to 14 12 to 13 pounds a pack so i'm guessing what about 15 to 18 dollars if my if my calculations are correct which they're probably not um, but by all accounts, it should be should start hitting shelves uh, globally within the next couple of weeks. Um, although I, I guess based on the the mini monochrome rollout, <clears throat> um, the states uh, the states is probably going to be waiting for at least a month um, before uh, before people start seeing it on on shelves and in in online stores. Mm. Oh well, I mean, I, I yeah, you know, I have to be honest. If I was going to guess, I'd say yeah, they absolutely have just rolled out exactly the same emulsion onto these wide format um, bases. I, it's uh, I'm glad that they've done. It'd be it good. I mean, it, I was going to say it, it, it would be kind of a win because technically, the the I, I, if if I'm remembering this correctly, the the mini film is a slightly higher resolution than the than the wide, um, maybe. Maybe I'm I'm remembering my data sheets wrong, but yeah, I, I, I would guess it's they they took the path of of, of least investment to to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Seems like a safe bet. I mean, I'm I'm glad because uh, I. I, myself and I think a few others, I know Rachel certainly expressed concerns about this, were worried that the Instax wide was likely to get killed off um, because the mini is their yeah. big cash cow. They've just brought out the square um, and the the wide <coughs> is, the, you know, the red-headed stepchild of that family. Um, but I've got an Instax wide. I don't have an Instax mini. So I'm glad that, that this has come out because it at least indicates they have no intention of killing that um, sector off anytime soon and you know I, I may well try this out at some point um uh so yeah i mean I, I'd, I'd love to uh, yeah um but anyway yeah, that's not i'd love about. to i mean I've... sorry I'm well, well, actually can i can i talk about it a little bit more because i've got a bit of a theory a bit of a bit of a fan theory oh, um, right, <clears throat> you look at the 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 this the supposition so you, you look at the reasons that, that the community came up with as to why instax why fuji decided to release the, the the monochrome version a lot of people point the finger at leica and point the finger at the leica partnership that um you know leica wanting to bring out their own rebranded version of an instax camera wanted monochrome film blah 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 blah, blah. you know whether that's true or not you can't you can't discount the connection that m mini monochrome and and the Leica branded color and monochrome film came out at roughly the same time. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, the, is there, is there an announcement in the works for later this year or at CES next year of a, a new wide camera by another vendor? I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me that Fuji would do something without having a very good reason to do it. And if their wide sales have been falling, um, the only reason why why I would see a tweak in their emulsion or or a brand new film stock coming out is because they anticipate that demand is going to be high. 
Yeah, I, well, I think it's either that or just the cost of doing it is absolutely minimal. Um, and if it's a very low cost thing to do and you can goose sales a bit by bringing out a new product, um, yeah, m- maybe. Um, it would be interesting to see. It would be nice to see if anybody can make a, a camera that shoots Instax wide that isn't a great big ugly lump of something. Because um, <laughs> so far, uh, computer says no. Um but anyway, yeah, I just, I, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. The instant the, the monochrome has come to the wide. I'm glad because, I, as I said, I have a wide camera, um, and I don't want it to become another obsolete piece of plastic thanks to Fuji anytime soon. But I don't want to talk about Fuji anymore because those guys. Um, on the subject of those guys, <laughs> let's move on. To the next. I'm doing great with the links today. Um, um, you got involved uh, with part of an article on Cos- Cosmo Photo this week. Um, yes. Why the film digital hybrid is a dead end. Why don't you tell us a bit about um, what the thrust of that is? And because we've talked about it a bit over the last couple of weeks, where are you at with this? I, I think it's um, yeah. Stephen um, Stephen Dowling, who who is Cosmo Photo, just asked asked for a few um, a few words just on you know thoughts about well, you know everything that's happened with uh, with various um, digital slash film slash digital kind of things, and um, I think it's a really it's a really well put together um sensible rant um on the on on this situation on this situation where we've got um we've got products being created um not to solve well not ascent not ostensibly to solve a particular problem um but to expand the market or to solve somebody's curiosity or at worst to, to, to cash in on nostalgia. Um, and you know, I know you guys have, have ranted about this over the past couple of weeks and, you know, the, the, there have been rants, um, all over the, the, the kind of social media, um, sphere, um, over the last couple of weeks about this as well. But I, I think it's, it's a really, really interesting read. And what it made, <clears throat> what it made me think of was the, the real kind of, products the real solutions the real work that is being done to to actually um help secure the future of film or to help provide us with more choice you know the the real stuff not a plastic camera that was fixed focus and fixed aperture that is now going to be a metal camera with a faster you know and come on but you know real 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 products and you know steven's doing some of that himself with the cosmo film and double who already spoke about um who this essentially it was a, a double exposure app which is now becoming a film um you know we've got sam's solar cam we've got um uh, rachel spoke about him the other day after after meeting him with uh with hamish a few weeks back you know steve lloyd's got a, a new large format camera project and that's going to have you know wet plate and six by 12 you've got hamish with his pixelator you know his, his scanning easel he you know he's 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 remounting contacts lenses for for the leica m mount and you know you've got you've got bellamy you've got japan camera hunter with his with his cross camera you know so for 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 and 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 that's that's not even talking about things like uh um 
like pomp, whatever that ends up being when it when it comes out. It <clears throat> it looks like it's still in very early stage, but it's got a film component to it, maybe. What? Um, sorry, I, I'm you know, sorry. That was a word that nobody has ever pomp. heard. Pomp. Yeah, the the pomp, the P O N F. Um, yeah, it's the, the they've got a website. Out. It's a P O N F. It's a uh, it's supposedly it's a hybrid camera that you can use to shoot film. Um, or you can use to shoot digital. And now apparently the, the, it's, it's open source. It's using high quality APS-C or full frame sensors from Sony. Although saying that there, there's very little that you'll see in terms of, um, you know, a, a prototype, <clears throat> a finished prototype out there. It seems to be a lot of, a lot of kind of tweaking to get it to that point. Um, and then you've got whatever these mysterious reflex guys are talking about, which by all intents and purposes looks like a, an M42 film camera, you know, so th- th- those last two things aside, you know, th- there's a lot going on in the, in the film industry to, to, to help well, essentially to th- that supports real products, you know, built by people who are creating this stuff to, to, to meet, you know, real problems or to provide real solutions to, to, to the desires as well as the, the the problems that photographers have, and I think it's nice, it, you know, it's nice to counterpoint that with, for intents and purposes, a whole bunch of, um, you know, cash in, um, or, or or novelty kind of projects which don't really have any value, um, other than trying to use the allure of film and the allure of nostalgia and the past as as a way to to sell their products. Yeah, I can. Um, That's, yeah, I, I, I don't want to rant about it because I know you guys have you guys have spoken about it so much, but it's um, yeah. Anyway, that's me done. Um, two things uh, I want to ask. First, one, stop scratching around with whatever you're scratching around at. <laughs> Do you keep doing this? Stop scratching. Um, the one of the things <laughs> that you um, raise uh, and and we talked about earlier that <coughs> frustrated you is um, how much of the conversation. Is, has been dominated by this stuff lately, even within our own community, and, and that is frustrating. I think that's on us to um, to just be more aware of that and kind of like, look, if, if this isn't relevant, just forget about it. I was my my kids. I was looking at a sheet of paper we got sent yesterday by someone who's trying to help us with some some minor issues we have. Uh, it's a thing called a worry tree, and you sort of start at the top and go down. But they all end up with the, can you do anything about it? Is, just forget about it, and that's where most of this stuff falls into it. I think the one thing that actually yeah. does raise itself as a concern for me with this stuff, because like I said, most of it, I just think I, I, I personally put it into the mental cabinet of this is uninteresting and nothing to do with what I'm interested in. But what does raise a slight concern for me is that most of these um, film-looking digital things, whether it's these apps on the smartphones or the um, Y35, um, what they are pointing out as being this is what film is, is putting obstructions in the way of people taking pictures. Like, oh, you want the feeling of shooting film? Let's just make shooting, taking pictures more awkward and less fun and more of a hassle. And actually none of the none of the good stuff it's because it, it can't capture any of the joy that comes from shooting film so all that it's doing is putting in the downside of shooting film and that's not going to encourage more people to then go well uh, i tried the y35 
it was crap. It turns out that I couldn't take film in the right light because I didn't have the right film and I couldn't just click away. And so I'm not going to try <coughs> film because it's just going to be a hassle. Um, and that's quite a negative message to send out. So um, anybody out there who feels the yeah, burning right. need to somehow try and give people the experience of shooting film with the digital sensor, please try and figure out I don't think you can, but try and figure out a way of actually capturing the bit that we all love about shooting film rather than the bit that's just like, well, yeah, this is just part of it. Um, dengue is. Um, we are going to move on from that because, as you said, we've talked about it quite a lot lately and <laughs> the last thing we need to do is chuck more fuel on the fire here. And you sound as though you're having a, a um, pulmonary breakdown in the background there. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back with your wonderful emails. <laughs> And we're back. Um, we, as always, have got some lovely emails from you fine people. Uh, em, do you want to kick us off with one from Rollin? Uh, yeah, cool. Um, so, Rollin Banderob. Banderob. Um, says, uh, Dear Cheery Rachel Aid and the other guy. So, I'm, right. I'm uh, guessing whoa, that's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Let's just pull this email right now. Well, the other guy? What the... Yeah. Rollin, you're on notice. I'm going to let this carry on because I love your name so much. Um, it's such a fun name to say, Rollin Banderob. But listen, the other guy, oof, just pushing, and also didn't mention you at all, Em. So rude. Um, sorry, Em, carry on. Terrible, isn't it? <clears throat> well, he says, um, wanted to let you know that Andrew is not pulling your nose. Um, in the 80s, when I was in high school and took a photography class at the local junior college during the summer, we learned of using nose grease on negs for scratches. I know it worked for printmaking with enlargers, but wonder if the same for digitizing and will it hold up for pixel peepers? Um, be great if you had JCH on to talk about his upcoming camera. Look for Rocker on Spotify, but sadly, no luck. Keep up the fun, Rollin Banderob. Mm. Um, well, Rachel's not here this week, so we can't quiz her about Rocha on Spotify, but I will pass on <coughs> this message and we'll get Rachel to address it next week when she's on. Um, em, have you ever uh, mucked around with nose grease? This nose grease thing will not go away. It's the most enduring conversation we've had on this show. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've, I've never... I've, just, I've never, just, I've never, never heard of it, never thought about it, never contemplated it, never used it. But seeing as you guys have been talking about this for about three or four weeks now, I, it, it's kind of tempting to try. I want to scratch a negative on purpose just to see if it's going to work. Oh, I could send you about a million that are already pre-scratched from my end. <laughs> um, I but not like... pre-greased, right? We don't need, <laughs> not pre-greased, We don't, we don't no. need your pre grease. <laughs> Can't send that through the mail. Um, I feel, oh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a formal apology here to Rachel because I did throw her under the bus for saying that the filtrum was the wrong part of the nose. And it, she then later sent me a... <laughs> clearly labelled picture of a nose saying no look it is the right name for a thing sorry Rachel um, I've apologised this week when you're not here so I don't have to do it to you in person um, I do wonder about what Rowling was saying about how it, great with printing with enlarges but whether when it's um, being used with scanning whether that might not be as effective whether you actually might see the smears of the schnoz grease um, but um, 
uh, I look forward to hearing from people who are actually because so far most of the conversation we've had have been about people who are using it for printmaking. So if anybody has tried it, I suppose what I would say is don't smear nose grease on your negative and then put it face down on your scanner bed. You're, you're ugh, just ugh. Um, em, uh, I, I don't know. I tell you what would be interesting actually would be to get somebody who is a an ancient practitioner of nose grease smearing on negatives. Mm-hmm. And actually, and actually, see how those negatives have held up. I mean, if the negatives are twenty, thirty years ago, and the the nose grease ones have degraded, then we know that we shouldn't be. Well, you shouldn't be recommending it to people. That's very true. That's very true. Who do we know that's ancient? What is the archival grease? quality? Uh, Andrew seems pretty old. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> uh, how do we have any listeners? Um, I, I, I am not on Twitter very much at all, and I know that. Um, Oh God, Bellamy! Sorry, my brain completely fired there. Bellamy from uh, Japan Camera Hunter is much more Twitter-based than he is um, Instagram-based. You have stuff to do with Bellamy, don't you, Em? You you chat the chap. I I, I shout abuse at him occasionally. That's good. Do you think you can persuade him? Because it is true he should have been on the show by now. It's kind of weird that he hasn't been. Um, I, I um, could you you tell him he has to come on the show? I can tell him, but I'm, I'm likely. I can tell him, but I'm likely to get two fingers pointed up in my face. I will. I, I will. I will ask him. I will not encourage him to listen to the few times that I've been on already. That's mm. um, probably not the best example. But no, I'll. I'll. Um, I'll. I'll ask him. I'll see if I can get you guys in touch. I, um, I see like if we can get he's quite. He's quite shy. Is he? Well, we'll, we'll be nice. I'll be nice. Yeah. Aids, you know, AIDS like he's a savage. Um, well, listen, listeners. Um, if Bellamy from Japan Camera Hunter does not appear on this show in, in the in near future, then it's M's fault, and you can find him uh, at emulsive.org uh, everywhere. Um, next email. Thank you very much, Rollin, for that. Always lovely to hear from you. Um, next email is from John Burns, friend of the show. John Burns uh, starts off with, Hello, Sunbeams. Oh, does that sound so wrong? Yeah, it feels so right, though. Um, just listened to the latest podcast and was chortling over Andrew Bartram's reference to nose grease. Nose grease, more enduring and more interesting to our listeners than the Y35. Quite rightly so. I'm going to give it a try, and though, and see if it disguises the scratch. I have since worked out why I had the scratches in the first place operator error. Instead of rotating the drum slash light trap when loading the film, I'd set it to the load cassette position. Well, I thought that is what I was doing. On finding a scan of the Computrol instructions online, it all became clear. This was after I had unloaded the rule, roll, checked the plastic for scratchy bits and reloaded it. Go! So essentially, I think... Um, John was doing exactly what uh, Neil thought he might be last week. Um, and it's not really surprising because those instructions on the thing itself do sound fairly unclear. But um, I'm really glad that that has been resolved. Um, result, test film loaded, no scratches and a happy photographer, which is the best sort. I talked previously about my fairly terrible results of processing Fomapan 100 with Ilford DDX and the gunky residue I seem to get on the negatives. I have tried my first run of Fomapan in 1 to 50 Adenol, which is a Rodinal type developer, and yay! All good, no gunk, reasonably decent negs with acceptable contrast. And you can see my test results shot on an Olympus trip on my Flickr stream. Uh, and you will find um, John's Flickr stream. He is John C. Burns on Flickr. Um, 
check out the wicker animals and the stationary engine for the foam pan shots. I'm assuming that that's one of those big engines that doesn't move as opposed to an engine that makes stationary. Um, I went to. I mentioned on my last email that I was off to the USA. Three films are away at Ag Photographic for processing. So more on that later. Uh, keep up the podcasting. I always enjoy my the banter on the way to my office. Um, thank you very much, John. Um, M as our resident experimenter and trier of all things. Um, Fomapan <coughs> one hundred. Any thoughts on Fomapan and developing thereof? Uh. I'm kind of reticent to say this. I'm, I'm not the best person to talk to about Fomapan. Um, not a fan of Fomapan. Mostly because, well, yeah, up until up until um, last March, yeah, up until last, probably last May or June, I, I, I pretty much avoided it like the plague. Um, I'd had some really terrible, <clears throat> terrible results in uh, 35 mil and in 120. Just, just didn't, didn't like it. Really. Um, one of my yeah i just i just didn't i mean i'd seen some really really nice results from from people all over the web but just i just i wasn't getting the kind of results that i wanted and then my um one of my kind of alt process lab people here um they suggested that i try fomapan 100 in in four by five and uh i'd love it it's it's really really nice it's uh 100 and 200 it works really well you know nice contrast the negatives are an absolute dream to deal with and i've never had any any issues with gunk or any other crap apart from my own stupidity when i'm developing lf negs um and have so, you changed yeah. your development anyway. tool for that are you, are you using a different developer that you were doing using when you were doing it in the smaller formats um no it's it's, it's the same it's the same i mean i i tend to i tend to switch um depending on if i'm if i'm being lazy or not so um yeah if i'm if i really can't be bothered <laughs> uh, you know i'll just go and use a, a semi stand in road mall um for you know however long i feel appropriate i've used the firma plan 100 and 200 in large format <clears throat> sorry um i've used d76 uh, which has been been really nice um Ilford DDX, I, I only really use DDX. I've only used it in the past for um, for pushing, um, and that's pushing Ilford films. But um, yeah, my 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 experience with Fomapan in Rodenol, um, either done as a standard semi-stand or done as a an ordinary you know minute inversions, has been has been really good. And I know that my my lab have had, you know, they've got nothing but but good stuff to say about it when it's when it's reversal processed as well. It can, it's just wonderful. Okay, cool. And uh, where do you stand on DDR? On what? DDR. Dance Dance Revolution? You mean DDR? Okay. Um, well, that, we'll that's on. what I think you're talking about. I never really got into it. I found it was just too much of an active game. <laughs> oh, come on. Everyone loves a bit of boogieing. Um, yeah, I, I wonder DDR. whether I, I, I've... I'm in the process of shooting with Fomapan, um, my first role, and I have been since the beginning of May. Haven't quite finished it yet, but those 35 shots take a lot of getting through. Um, I wonder whether some films are more specific in what they work well with. I think some films, like I mean, HP5, uh, I'm sure T-Max will, I get the distinct impression that you can kind of dip those in your cup of tea and they're still going to come out pretty well um 
I wonder whether yeah. with some of the other ones where you, you you do need to find the sweet spot for you and what you like, and it's not not as straightforward. Do you do you think that's the case? You have much more experience with this than I do. I think so. I mean, you know, at DDX, I'm I have an appreciation of it. Um, I really enjoy what it does to pushed HP five, which is pretty much the only reason I bought that film. It's <clears throat> it can be a pretty active developer from from what I understand in um, in lower dilutions so and i know some people uh craig pindell for example has he's even experimented going i think as high as uh, one to nine or one to twelve uh for 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 using um sorry for developing pan f um uh, yeah i mean developers definitely have uh, an impact um well films prefer certain developers over others you might use um let's say double X, you might use that in, in with D76 and find that it's higher contrast in D76 than its native chemicals, which is D96. You, know, you, you might find that using, I don't know, diaphinal perceptual or, or, or other developers of that kind actually increase the film, you know, increase the film speed or they, you know, they, they have other effects on it. I think that the best thing when, when experimenting with development is, establish a baseline based on what the what the vendor suggests as being the optimal chemical and dilution and regime for that film um and yeah if ddx hasn't been working particularly well for uh for Fermapan, then i would I'd, I'd suggest looking at to use to use that example there just looking at a developer that um that uh foma actually recommends straight out of the box yeah Good advice. Um, I'm going to take the next one because I've just realised it needed some on-the-spot editing and I forgot to do it. Um, this email is from Rob Hawthorne, past and I'm sure future guest. Uh, dear Rachel and Graham and not aid as he'll be in Burma or Bhutan or something. Yeah, he's gone. We can forget about him. He's not back for... I mean, assuming he doesn't fall down a ravine, he'll be back in about three weeks. Um, it's your what, what if he's actually just gone to Basildon? Oh, well, he might want to throw himself down a ravine in that case. Um, it's your old pal at Rob underscore shoot underscore film on Instagram. I've been selected with some of my new colour infrared film work to take part in Photo Scratch on the evening of Monday the 6th of November. You may remember me mentioning last time I was on the show that I was working on a project that I'm basically keeping offline for the time being, and this will be some of that work, so it's never seen the light of day before. Um, Photo Scratch is an exhibition of work-in-progress projects from a handful of photographers. Exhibited works will be rough, proof prints, slides on light boxes, etc., and attendees are encouraged to give verbal feedback and written um, feedback via anonymous forms to help those photographers develop their work. Um, this is very cool. Uh, I'm really glad Rob dropped us a line to let us know about this. I'd not heard of the Photo Scratch um, before, but they have got a website online. Um, and if you're doing work and, and in London, it sounds like this kind of thing that you might be interested in um, getting involved with, you should absolutely check it out. Um, unfortunately, uh, aid is, uh, as Rob has already mentioned, away in Burma or Bhutan or Basildon um, or Basingstoke or somewhere else beginning with B. Um, and so he won't be able to go. And because it's in London and it's because uh, I'm out in the blue and sticks um, I'm not going to be able to go and see this work either which is a real bummer because I would really love to so I I hope that um, 
once this show has been done and Rob's got some feedback on it, um, he will start to share this out. You've had Rob sharing some of his work on your website and for, um, originally, haven't you, Em? Yeah, yeah, Rob. Um, <clears throat> Rob shared his uh, aerochrome in the Yucatan uh, back in the last year, I think. Really, really nice shots. In fact, I think it was Rob that introduced us to you. I don't think I was particularly familiar with you before. So he has a lot <laughs> to answer for. Um, he does have a lot to answer for, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I think the event, it, there's limited ticket situation on this. So um, I think if anybody's interested in going and seeing Rob's work um, and once that, you know, maybe get in touch with Rob. You know, speak to him if you, know, if you are following him on Instagram or Twitter. Drop him a line and um, you know, maybe see what Rob has to say about that. But that's super cool, Rob. And I really hope we get to see this stuff soon. And maybe once you've got it out and have shared it, you can come back on and, <coughs> and tell us not only about the work, but also how the experience of putting stuff out there and getting feedback <coughs> has gone. Um, M, do we have an update on your previously discussed on this show plan to try and get some sort of critiquing section on emulsive.org going? Yeah, well, um, the we've had a call, uh, call to action, I guess, um, out since the first critique, the first community critique uh, was finished with, um, <coughs> uh, with uh, Rob Davey. Uh, but no one's no one's really taken us up on it. We've got a couple of people who are waiting in the wings that we're talking to at the moment. Um, it seems that potentially the community has the feeling that it's it it's going to be a rather scary thing, um, and uh, it's not. So yeah, just just heard from from the 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 the, the critters. <laughs> I promised I would never use that name uh, in public, but there you go. So yeah, had a yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I had a had a a, a message come through from the critters. Um, I believe earlier on today, just just saying that there's another potential candidate on. So we just need to have some, have a few conversations, see whether it's going to be appropriate for them, uh, see what kind of support that they need, and and yeah, hopefully make it a reality. But it is happening, and if you are looking for um, considered critique from people who have have some experience doing this stuff in a completely offline environment then just just drop me a line just get in touch yeah it's it is a scary thing to do um uh but i think anybody who is serious about their photography and wanting to improve their photography it is an absolutely a necessary step uh, this goes for whatever um whatever art whatever anything you're doing if you're doing it and you're either in a vacuum or you're in a bubble of, oh, that's nice, that's great. You won't get better. And you yeah. you may even be aware of things that are not great or that are not ideal. Um, or you might be completely unaware, but you sometimes need people to say, look, actually, as an independent third party, I don't, this isn't working for me. Um, and it can be very hard to hear some of that stuff. But it is the only way you can get better. Um and yeah, you, you, if you're just doing it for fun and for hobbies and for laws, then yeah, that's fine. Keep trundling on. But if you are taking this seriously and you want to get better at the art of photography, um, it is a, a important step, uh, and a absolutely vital step, I think. So I, I hope more people do get involved, but I understand why it's so terrifying. Yeah, I mean, just just to add to that as well, you know, a, a lot of people believe that critique is negative, <clears throat> and that that's not the case. You know, it's 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 very much a case of you know, 
understanding what the individual's trying to achieve and then providing feedback based on that idea. You know, I, I think if you know, myself and, and Craig and Eric and, and, and Monica had this conversation before about, okay, how do we deal with people who, you know, they just want feedback <clears throat> and that's it. And it's like, well, it's difficult to find feedback without establishing a baseline. You know, why were you doing this in the first place? What what were you trying to achieve? What were you trying to capture? What was in your <clears throat> what was in your mind? Um, so it's not it's not typically the something something that you know critique isn't typically something that you do on photographs that were taken for shits and giggles. But if you were trying to do something, you know, capture a particular look or evoke a particular emotion or feeling, you know, claustrophobia, for example, it's it's taking taking that information for the photographer from the photographer and, and building a, a critique based on that, you know, have you, you know, looked at, you know, looked at this work, you know, and look at this as an example, or have you thought about doing this? Or have you thought even about looking at your work from <clears throat> a different perspective? So, you know, it, it's, it's as much about the input of the, of the individuals as much as it is trying to get the photographer to look at their own work from a different perspective. Mm. I, I, I think it's actually something that is perhaps more of a problem with film photography than it is with digital photography because ironically because digital gives you nowhere to hide um, you, your what you want to capture within that has to be clear and come through and you really have to kind of nail it whereas film because of the style and the look of the film um, and you know if we're using a, a weird or a frankly crap camera it can it can give a lot of style to an image straight off the gate um and so it it, it can yeah. make it a bit easier to create an image that is pleasant to look at that actually isn't um perhaps hitting what you want it to hit i mean i i'm trying and failing miserably still to learn guitar at the moment um and it's the equivalent of me playing some awful piece of out of tune rubbish and going well yeah that's kind of what i was aiming for <laughs> And so, and and or trying to play an existing song and get it right. Um, you know, you, you people can't criticize work where it's like, well, no, this is just I, I'm just doing this and throwing this out there because I don't care. But um, I think to get better, you actually have to have targets. Whether it's something you're trying to emulate or something you're trying to, a, a feel you're trying to capture, and then have people uh, yeah. essentially judge you on how <clears throat> you did with that. Um, Anyway, very cool, and I'm glad to hear that that is proceeding. Um, do you want to take the next one, M, from Andrew Bartram? Andrew Bartram, Mr. Wallboy Snapper. Okay, so here we go. Uh, good morning, Sunbeams. Lovely to wake up again to your dulcet tones. The arrival of your podcast on a Thursday morning adds a form and structure to the week and marks the weekend looming over the horizon. Well, it's Tuesday, Andrew, so it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Um, <laughs> um, firstly, I hope Rachel's mouth gets better soon. I did get the sense that Graham wanted to make more of that. Perhaps he did, and it remains on the cutting room floor. We'll great roundup of the Kickstarter world. No, we won't. We won't. So, um, great roundup of the Kickstarter world. I noticed Yashika are responding to comments on their page and suggesting a stretch goal uh, might be a metal body and a larger sensor. They may yet Graham hooked. I believe they've actually hit that stretch goal now, and they have committed to providing a faster lens with aperture settings and shutter settings and auto settings and F2, all at exactly the same price. Wow. So 
going to be quite fun watching that particular car crash in real time. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> um, I back a lot of film-related Kickstarters, except Lomography, which really is, isn't. Currently, I await the production of the Lab Box. Uh, not that I really need one, but it looks so cool. And, of course, Ferrania. <laughs> um, send lots of love to Ferrania in what is really a difficult rescue project. I kept my original pledge and also bought some discounted P30 Alpha film, which I've really enjoyed shooting, although not made any prints yet. On the subject of printing, um, I've been getting off my bottom. Getting off my bottom. I've been getting off my ass after work this week and spending two hours a night making prints. Now, this got me thinking about how I spend my time. It's very easy for me to flop in front of Netflix after work and waste more hours of my life watching Sons of Anarchy or whatever the latest box set is, whilst declaring how I don't have the time for the darkroom. So in the words of the 70s summer holiday program, why don't you put away? <laughs> oh, oh, I know what he's trying to say why now. Why don't no, why you just put away Netflix? Do something more interesting what? is dead and then kick a TV. That's the one. Yep. Well done. Um, so I rediscovered my darkroom mojo and I've been making prints for Delta Def Jam week and getting ready for USA 2017 prints. On the subject of USA, all film developed now. Oh, oh there you go. On the subject of the USA, all film developed now, apart from some rolls of Ektar shot in the Rollerflex, which is a new film for me, but Aid loves it, I know. And I'm super excited to see those um, as I pull the rolls out of the spiral Though, to be fair, I'm not sure if I will do them myself or get AG Photographic to do them. If I get commercial scans made, do you have any advice on the file type or sizes? Uh, big and TIFF. There you go. That's the advice. Big and TIFF. Nice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, Bhutan, Aid, sounds so cool. How did you get away with going on such a boy's holiday? Was it her treat? Not having you at home? <laughs> What's her treat? And the answer was, was not having What's you at home. Oh yeah, what, yeah, what I don't know. What, 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 maybe the treat was, yeah, yeah just not good. having him at home. I, I, I kind of like that. Um, I do love the excuse to buy a new bag, though. Um, why not have the Holger for MF aid? It's lightweight and use it. You can use it for MF portraits at three feet ish. In my humble opinion, super sharp image with swirly edges, so perfect for portraits. Um, listening on to the podcast, you're probably right about film choices. But two rolls slipped in the bag for the Holger won't take up too much room. Great to have the nose grease tip <laughs> backed up by somebody. Toby, um, did you doubt me? Did you? Did you doubt me? Did yeah. you? Always. And yes, Graham, you're absolutely right about the Libertel 2. It was a suitcase filler. Thank you so much for the shout out. Great show, Sunbeams, but Miss Rachel. We all miss Rachel and continue to miss Rachel. Hopefully she'll stop um, skiving next week and be back. She better have be. She, she better have been, otherwise I'm in big trouble. Um, thank you very much, Andrew. Always lovely to hear from you. Um, uh, you know what? Whenever I'm reading an email uh, and people abbreviate medium format to MF, I always... <laughs> it's lightweight. And you, do, you can use it for motherfucking portraits. Um, it's, I don't know. It seems like a problem. I'll have to bleep that out as well. Now. Oh, well. Let's move on. Last but definitely not least email is from Mike Gutterman. Hey gang, I'm avoiding listing cast member names and greeting to diffuse animosity on your team. Um, thank you, Mike. We appreciate nice. that. Just wanted to make a personal challenge to all the fine people in the film community to start their own podcast. Wait, what? 
Um, I recently discovered the Anchor podcast app, which allows you to make your own podcast for free and publishes it for you. You are limited to five-minute segments and I think a total of 15-minute episodes. Um, so basically three five-minute segments. I started my own called the Negative Positives podcast in which I put my own spin on film photography. I'd like to see more film freaks do the same. It's easy, it's free, and you do it all on your smartphone, so no equipment is necessary. Not trying to sound like an advertisement for them, but we'd just love to see more voices out there preaching about film. The louder we are, the more chance companies realise there is a viable market out there to support our needs. Anyway, not trying to give you a competition, which I couldn't do because I don't have a fancy lad British accent. I just think the more voices, the better. Um... I, I have I have checked out I've absolutely checked out Mike Gutman's um negative positives podcast and he has a very very soothing um uh, I don't know whereabouts in the states Mike's from but he's got a good call <coughs> going on there his accent is far more listenable to than ours is um and I yeah I downloaded the Anchor app I think it's great and I completely agree uh I don't know whether you've looked at this at all Em, but this this is basically makes making podcasts are kind of almost as easy as shoving something up on Instagram. Um, so if you've got thoughts oh, really? about stuff, why not do it? I don't understand everything about it because I've only just downloaded it last night. I started looking into it. But um, you can record short pieces, which behave a bit like Snapchat, where they'll go up and then after 24 hours they'll go away, so a bit like stories on Instagram. Um, or you can record them and save them as podcasts, which then have a feed. I think they've also now started pushing them to iTunes as well. So I know that our good friend previously mentioned, Mike Padua, has um, started a podcast on there as well, um, which name escapes me now. I'm very sorry, Mike. I will find it and shove it in the show notes, and which I've also listened to. They're, they're all really short episodes. I think they're all probably under five minutes. Um, but they are also on iTunes. You can listen to them. Um, you know, I... Uh, this is classic me saying I'm going to do a thing that I almost certainly won't. I might give this a go because for ages I thought maybe I ought to do something about gardening because that's literally what I spend all my time doing. I might give this a go because I could do that whilst I'm literally gardening. <laughs> I could just talk whilst working <laughs> through my headset. Um, so, you know, if anybody thinks that they could bear the thought of five minutes of me talking rubbish about gardening, you know, let me know and maybe I'll have a go at doing that twice before stopping and never doing it again. Um but yeah, check it out. Yeah, that, that's have... that's kind of not a bad idea. So, sorry to interrupt, but I just imagining you kind of like you know with your your, your shovel in the soil, going oh, trying to get these bloody hydrangeas out, and uh, I think it would be quite fun if you were to do that. Yeah, yeah. So just I from like a garden perspective. I, I, I do yeah, I mean, like... you can't do worse than you do here. No, exactly, exactly. The, the 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 benchmark has been set so spectacularly low that I cannot fail to hit it. Thanks, thanks for that, and I, I appreciate those words of support. That's right. Um, but yeah, I I think that's a great Speaking idea. More voices, the better out mm. there. Um, and yes, please do check out um, Mike Gutman's podcast. And I, I, I can't even find where I put my phone. So I'm I can't tell you what um, Mike Padua's podcast is, but I guarantee if you go to his Instagram feed or find him on Twitter, he will be able to point you in this direction. And Mike, we need some more episodes. You haven't done any for a while, and it's always good to hear your voice. Um, 
That does it for emails for this week. Um, we always love hearing from you. If you're listening to this and you feel like you're always hearing emails from the same people, there is a wonderful solution. Write us an email if you haven't done so already. We always love hearing from new people. Uh, it may at some point get to the spot where we have too many emails to read out every show. They might not all get written. Arguably, maybe we have already reached and passed that point. So we'll, we'll figure that out as we keep going. But please do keep them coming in. And if you haven't written just to, to us before please do. Um, you can get in touch with us at the sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com. Um, I think that about does us. Em, do you have anything? Oh, there you go. Thank you, Em. You're a, an absolute wonder. Uh, I'm going to say this very clearly. It is Mike Padua's podcast, <laughs> Analog Cult with an L. Um, don't just type in what you think it ought to be. It's cult with an L. Um, so yeah, check that out. Always good. Um, M, do you have anything you'd like to give a shout out to yes. or anyone you want to give a shout out to concisely at the end of the show? Uh, no, I, th I think I already, I, I made, made my shout outs before, I think. Um, Cosmo, double solar can. Steve Lloyd with his, his mad purple large format camera. Um, Hamish and, and, uh, and, Bellamy for this cross camera. I think, um, yeah, it, it would be really good to, to hear from, from listeners of, of other <clears throat> people actually involved in, in creating and making, uh, new products for the film photography industry. Um, I'm sure that these, these six names, uh, are not the end of it. And that, that obviously doesn't even include Mike Padua, Rachel with her, her, with her, her crazy mobile darkroom and a, a whole bunch of other people. So yeah, get in touch. Let us, let us know if you know anybody who's, who's making stuff for the uh, film slash analog photography community. Yes, please do. Any good. Um, I mean, they're all good. Obviously what articles have you got coming up on the website this week? <clears throat> uh, um, Thursday. Oh, we've got a, an interview with, uh, with Toby, Toby Vanderveld. So he's, uh, awesome. he's up on Wednesday. Yeah, we've been been cracking on for that one for about fifteen, well, about fifteen months now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so. so throw him under the bus before he even gets a chance to put his. Yeah, that one's that that one's been going on for a while. But you know, people people get busy, and I, I'm sure that uh, I've been waiting for for Rachel for much longer than that, just yeah. to put her in the stick she's, as well. She's the lazy, lazy girl. I think she's probably just lunch. I don't know. Today, just not doing anything. Splendid. Probably, well, probably. Um, got. Uh, oh, oh, all right. I was going to talk no, about no, some no, other stuff. Carry on, carry on. No, 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 that's fine. Um, well, the the Silbera um, announcement and uh, an interview that I did with um, Konstantin and Vladimir is out uh, today uh, as we're recording. So that's out Tuesday, and that's a day ahead of the Kickstarter release. Matt Parry did a wonderful review of Kodachrome on Monday, uh, the magazine, not the film. Um, and yeah, Toby Vanderveld is up on, on Wednesday with his interview. We've got a re I, I don't know whether you guys have come across Fabian Schmidt before. Uh, I'm sure maybe you sure. have, but he's, he's going to be, well, he's, he's going to be presenting a, a retrospective of his essentially the first half of all of his travels through Europe, um, on film. So there's going to be four or five different locations um, that, that he's going to be covering off from there. And then the final, final thing on hopefully on Friday, if I can squeeze it in, is uh, a little uh, post by a chap who goes by the handle of Flogger, 
um, <clears throat> where he's going to be talking about uh, 180 days of film, so shooting nothing but film for for six months. Um, so I, I won't give too much away, but I can pretty much uh, I hope you guys can pretty much guess where he's coming from to 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 have wanted to write something um, of that nature. Awesome. Lots of good reasons to head over to the website, which is, of course, Emulsive.org. And you can find M on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you're at Emulsive, at Emulsive Film on both of those, M? Uh, Emulsive Film on Twitter, on Instagram, and just Emulsive Film by itself on, on Facebook. Splendid stuff. So do reach out. Um, I'm sure you are all more than familiar with what they're doing over there, but it is awesome. So do check it out. You can find us uh, at Sunny16Podcast on Twitter, which is where Aid is. I don't know if Aid's going to be tweeting from Bhutan. Um, he might be. I don't know what the style reception is like when you're up a great big mountain. Uh, you can find us. It would be awesome. It would be pretty great. I bet he tries to. Um, at Sunny16 Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, we've got the Sunny16 Podcast Flickr group as well. We can share your pictures and see other pictures there by lovely film photographers. Um, we want to say thank you, as always, to Chris at Pixelated Photographer, who hosts this podcast and makes it all possible in the first place. And thank you to Rachel and her lovely band, Roja, uh, whose music, which we I may have used this week, I don't know yet. It's a mystery. Who knows? Or it may have been screwed. <laughs> Spooky music, which I completely forgot about for the entire podcast. Um, but her band, uh, Rocha, uh, almost always puts all the music on the show. Probably does this week. It's great. And you can find them wherever we normally say you can find them at the end of the show. Em, thank you so much for joining me this week, telling us all about Silbera Film. Silbera Film. Um, I love the names of the guys. Um, Vladimir. And what was the other guy's name? Constantine. Constantine. Vladimir and Konstantin uh, and that and Rollin Banderob all in one week this has been a banner week for names um, we will see you guys next week it'll be me hopefully Rachel and almost certainly somebody else awesome don't know who yet but you know they will be awesome until then thank you very much for listening and goodbye cheers guys see ya <laughs> <laughs>